Hey friends, with as many of you guys who are listening to this each week, I know so many of you are carrying a heavy weight of pain and loss. Your story has not gone the way that you thought it was going to go. And when we, when we start to process what's happening in our lives, we can often find ourselves paralyzed by the pain, not really knowing where to go from here, what to do from here. And uh, you know, I know from experience that we even begin to, to tell ourselves lies like, this is the end of your story, that this will always define you. And trust me, I, I've been there. But with the help of others, I was able to navigate my way out of that valley. And at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries, we exist to help you navigate your pain and even find purpose from that pain. So if you're new to our community and you're wondering where to start or you've been with us for some time and you're just looking to take your next step, I'm hosting a free live call just for you. In that call, we're going to talk about the five steps to taking back your story, no matter what you've gone through. I'm going to share with you a little more of my own journey of how God met me in my valley and guided me after losing my wife, Amanda. And I'm going to teach you five critical steps that you'll have to take in order to rewrite your story. The call is going to be right at 60 minutes long, but I promise you, it's going to be well worth your time because in it, you'll learn things like how to regain a sense of agency and begin thriving, not just surviving, but thriving in the midst of your trying circumstances. Why having more questions than answers may be an essential part of moving forward, how to get rid of the overwhelming negative emotions that tend to bog you down and get you stuck. We're going to talk about the one key decision that you're going to have to take in order to move through your pain and, and beyond it. How to listen to the right voices with when everyone seems to have an opinion on what you quote unquote should do next. And listen to me, a whole lot more. So if you're feeling weighed down or paralyzed by the pain you've experienced, you don't have to stay there. I want to be your guide and show you the way back to thriving. Just go to nothingiswasted.com slash start here. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash start here to sign up for this free live call. Or if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, just click the link at the bottom in the show notes. We've made it extremely easy for you to sign up and we're offering multiple date and time options for this live call to work with your calendar. Guys, I believe this one step could be the very breakthrough you need to put you on the redemptive path God has for you. Just open up your browser on your phone right now and go to nothingiswasted.com slash start here or click the link we've included in the show notes of this episode. I'm in your corner and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Aubrey Sampson. And I'm Davey Blackburn. And it's so good to have you guys back with us because today we have an unbelievable interview with none other than Lisa Turkhurst. Lisa Turkhurst should be a should be a family name or a, what do they call it? Like a, a household name. Household name. She's a Lisa household Turkhurst. name because she is the That's founder right. of Proverbs 31 Ministry. She also yeah. leads it. And she's... Did you know she's a grandma? She's a mother that's to really, five and a I know, grandmother. I that's really difficult to believe. Isn't that crazy? Yes. I don't... You know, Aubrey, we're nearing that age, aren't we? I... Be, well, <laughs> I... I have a nine, My oldest is nine, so I I'm hope I'm nearing that, that age. age. I am a lot older than you. But, Davey, it is my dream to be a grandma. Like, I cannot wait oh. to be a grandma. I feel like grandparents get the best gig in the world. Like That is true. The most that precious relationship with their grandkids. I... I don't want my children to rush into having kids. Let me yeah, just put yeah, that right. out there. Just go ahead and but clarify. under the umbrella of like the Lord's timing, good women, <laughs> good what, faithful, they love Jesus, and then the babies. I'm ready then for that. I can't wait to be Grandma Aubrey. I feel like I'm going to be such a good uh, grandma. <laughs> you're going to be a great grandma. And you're <laughs> right. You. It is the best gig. Christy and I, without our kids knowing, we count down the days for the empty nesting season. We oh. never had that. We never had that. We oh, got you guys did it. That's right. right. Into blending a family. You had a family. Like, yeah. So when we get time away, it is. It's like what you're is you're like. This? Oh, you. You're the oh, one I married. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Wow. So Lisa's latest book, "Good Boundaries and Goodbyes: Loving Others Without Losing the Best of Who You Are," released last November, and that's what she's talking to Aubrey about. And um, this is a good one. One of the things I love about Lisa is that she 
right in step with the seasons of life that she's in. It always yeah, seems that way, right? It she's definitely always, does. You know, and of course, not so fast that she's not processing through it and mm-hmm. working through it, right, herself. But she has always been so good to bring the rest of us along on the journey. Yeah, she has. And go, hey, here's, I wouldn't have written life to be like this. Right. And maybe you wouldn't have written your life to go the way it has either. But let me tell you what God, in time, in season, let me tell you what God is teaching me. And maybe this will be helpful for, for you as well. And that's what I love about the the tone that she brings to all of those you know, pieces that she has written in her conversations. And so yeah, this is a great conversation, Aubrey. I'm excited for our community to tune into this. So let's go ahead and take a listen to your conversation with Lisa Turkhurst. Lisa Turkhurst is an author, podcast host, founder and leader of Proverbs 31 Ministries, cancer survivor and mother to five and grandmother to three. By the way, I didn't know you were a grandmother to three. Congratulations. That's so fun. I know. It's the most fun thing. If if I would have had my grandkids first, I probably would have had a lot more. <laughs> they're so amazing. They can do no wrong. You know? That's what everybody says. I like I cannot wait for that grandparent reward and that grandparent energy. That's so I love that you have that. Uh, yeah. And then if they start to be naughty, you can send them back home, <laughs> which is also a real treat. <laughs> that I have three sons and we are not in that stage right now. So I can't wait. One day, one day I'll be living the dream like you. Belisa, thanks so much for being here with us today. We're here to talk about your latest book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, Loving Others Without Losing the Best of Who You Are, which comes out November 8th. Um, I know you've been on the show with us before, episode 38 and 168, so we'll be sure to put those in the notes. But obviously, some things have changed for you over the past several years that led to you writing this book. So if you don't mind, can you sort of reintroduce yourself, tell us where you are now, and how you started writing about boundaries after the last few years you've been through? Absolutely. Well, I think for the people who have read some of my previous books or even follow along with me through social media or some of my other ministry um, avenues, you would already know the past eight years of my life have been the hardest that I have ever walked through. Mm. Um, It's been a devastating season that I didn't see coming and I never expected to have to face. So there were many ups and downs. There were times where there was great hope. There was times of reconciliation, and then there was times of more devastation. And it it was just a cycle of hurt and hope and more hurt and then trying to hope again. And in the end, I experienced the death of my marriage. And that's what I really call it, the death of my marriage, mm. not just divorce, because mm. It was the deepest grief I have ever known. Wow. And um, and so I needed to really not only take a look at what had happened, but I needed to take a look at myself. And I needed to be honest enough with what did I contribute mm. in this situation. And that was really hard because the choices that led to the the marriage being unbiblical and unsustainable. They weren't my choices. But still, I had to be brave enough to sit in the silence of what is now and recognize I want to take enough time to be whole and healed and healthy. And to do that, I have to look at what, you know, what I could work on now being a single person. And one of the things that really emerged quickly is that I had struggled with codependency Mm. and which is at first was so hard for me to say, because (laughs) I will tell you that I'm a strong independent (laughs) woman. Yeah. Right. Right. But my counselor made me feel better. He said, Lisa, if anybody has a belly button, they have a little bit of codependency. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, okay. This is all right for me to be struggling with this. <laughs> yeah. But he helped me see mm. that a good definition of codependency is when you catch yourself in a cycle of, I need you to be okay so I can be okay. So wow. are you okay? 
Because if you're not okay, then I'm not okay. So can wow. you please be okay? Okay. You know? Wow. And so when I, when I heard him do that, I found myself there. Mm. And, you know, sometimes when people have lived in close proximity with another person struggling with addictions, um, it's pretty common to get caught in that. Yeah. And so I recognized that part of the reason that I was so long suffering in my marriage, part of the reason that I stayed and pursued reconciliation so much, there was some high and holy and noble pursuit in that. Sure. But there was also some unhealthy dysfunction in that mm. as well. And I needed to tend to that mm. with my own choices and my own tendencies. Wow. So, um, yeah, I, I realize I need to work on boundaries because I actually stink at boundaries. <laughs> so um, I write from my point of struggle, and yeah. this was the next struggle that yeah. I really wanted to tackle. Hey friend, I want to share with you one of my absolute favorite resources from Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. It's the Pain to Purpose 42-Day Devotional. This devotional is a beautiful 42-day journey through life's valleys with biblically-based encouragement to help you or someone you love navigate the difficulties of life. Each week, you'll learn from the journey of a major character in Scripture and be able to reflect on how that impacts your own story and whatever you're facing. From Job to David, Ruth to Jesus himself, you'll see how God has taken the most dire of circumstances and brought healing and redemption from the ashes. This devotional makes a great gift for the person who is walking through a recent loss or trauma or who carries the wounds from pain in their past. It's something that you can keep on hand to give to someone who is experiencing any kind of pain point, and it's a great addition to your daily time with the Lord. For just $25, you can get one for yourself or gift it to a friend. For our Nothing Is Wasted podcast listeners, we want to offer you 20% off your entire order of the devotional, whether it's one or whether it's 20, using the coupon code PODCAST. Again, 20% off your entire order of devotionals using the coupon code PODCAST. Grab a copy today of the Pain to Purpose 42-Day Devotional at nothingiswasted.com slash devo, D-E-V-O. Nothingiswasted.com slash Devo. Be encouraged by it yourself or encourage someone else in their journey through life's valleys. Again, nothingiswasted.com slash Devo. Hearing you say that, I mean, I'm thinking of like, on my own journey, but friend after friend after friend, conversation after conversation after conversation I've had. And I would say this is not just a a female issue, but I'm thinking of the women I've talked to who feel like, "Mm, I don't know if I can set healthy boundaries. I don't know if I can say no. I don't know if I can take up space. I don't know if I can have my own agency because that's quote unquote unbiblical, right? You're supposed to lay down your life. You're supposed to. And so I think we've gotten this this sort of biblical, sacrificial humility really mixed up with what you're talking about, codependency. How did, I mean, how did you even begin to go, no, this is what health looks like, and God actually affirms this versus, you know, I, I guess, untangle that. Untangle that for all the women, Lisa. <laughs> yes, well, I think, I think what you're really saying is we have a lack of biblical confidence mm. around boundaries. So, yes. First thing I'll say is we must not confuse the good command to love with the bad realities of enabling behavior we should never tolerate. Wow. And love should be what draws us together, not what tears us apart. And God's definition of love is pretty clear about that, that we need to be seeking each other's highest good. Wow. So when we look at biblical confidence around boundaries— I started in Genesis 1, and I was shocked to discover God created the foundations of this entire world using boundaries. Amen. He said, here's the light. 
and where the light ends, now the darkness begins. So mm. he separated darkness from light. Yeah. He separated the sky from the sea. He separated the sea from the land. He told the sea, you know, the waters, you can only go this far and not no further because yeah. now it's your dry land. So those healthy separations are boundaries. Wow. And separating this from another. And so when I got into Genesis 2, and I realized the first recorded conversation between God and man was around the topic of a boundary. Mm-mm, wow. All the subjects that God could have chosen for this first recorded conversation between God and man. And he chose to establish a boundary. Wow. I think that's fascinating. Yeah. And how God did it was he didn't do it for the sake of overly restricting and constricting this relationship. No, God established the boundary by saying, you are free to Mm. eat from any tree in the garden. So he did it in the context of freedom, because when we know where the boundary lines are, we have true freedom then. Mm. And we're not having to always second guess, is this okay? Is this okay? We clearly establish this is what is acceptable, and this is what is not acceptable. This is what I will tolerate, and this Mm. is what I will not tolerate. Mm. And then after God says, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, now here comes the boundary. But you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or else you will die. So God wasn't being overly restrictive. He was doing it so that he could be protective over Adam and and protect that relationship from sin tainting it. Mm. And so I think that boundaries are not just a good idea. They're actually God's idea. Wow. And isn't it fascinating that where... In the garden, we have one boundary that God establishes. As sin starts to enter the picture and where there's sin, there's chaos. And where there's chaos, there's a lack of a boundary and a need for another boundary. Mm. By the time we get to the law and the prophets in the Bible, there's over 600 boundaries. (laughs) Right, right. That have been established. Right, right. Because... There was additional sin. There was additional chaos. Therefore, there was a need for additional boundaries. So Mm. we see it all throughout the Bible. Boundaries Mm. are not just a good idea. They're God's idea. And even Jesus demonstrated the practice of setting healthy boundaries. Wow. Wow. That's such a great way to reframe boundaries, I think, empower us to understand like this is a biblical thing. We're not, you're not saying something that's not, that's anti-God. This was God's idea. And therefore, it's it's healthy and life giving and and out of love and freedom. I love that. It's like placed in our identity, in who we are. God, so good, Lisa. That's right. And by the time we get to the establishment of the temple, that of course the mobile version of that was the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. But by the time we get to the tabernacle and the temple, God did something that I think is completely fascinating. And this is the lesson I learned the most biblical confidence around boundaries from. When God established the temple, He allowed certain people access to certain parts of the temple, but not all people, all access to every part of the temple. It wasn't because this group of people was more valuable than this group of people. It's because this group of people were required a higher level of responsibility. So the more responsibility that was required of you, the more access you were granted. Mm. And by the time we get to the Holy of Holies inside the temple, there was only one person, the high priest, who once a year could enter the Holy of Holies, and it was to make atonement for the people. Mm -hmm. But he also had to be he had to demonstrate the highest level of responsibility for that high level of access. He had right. to be perfectly cleansed and purified or else he would drop dead in right. the presence of holiness, right. right? And so those two words, access and responsibility, were very crucial for me to pay attention to. And here's where I think we can have a more logical consideration of boundaries rather than making it so attached to all the emotion that can happen around boundaries. And this is what I want you to remember and take away. To the level that we give someone access to us, and that could be financially, physically, sexually, um, relationally, emotionally, to the level that we permit someone access to us, they must bring that same level of responsibility so they can demonstrate that they are responsible with the access that we've granted them. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. If we grant someone level 10 access, but they are only willing or capable of level three responsibility, we can have a conversation and ask them to bring more responsibility. Wow. But if they are unwilling or incapable of anything above a level three responsibility, the mistake that I've made is I've tried to put a boundary on them hmm. to control them or to force them to change. But we all know using external pressure to force someone to change may result in temporary behavior modification, but not hmm. lasting right. results. Right. So if they're only willing or capable of demonstrating level three responsibility and they are not willing to change then we must not put a boundary on them. We must put a boundary in that situation on ourselves Mm. by reducing the access that we grant them down to the demonstrated level of responsibility that they're bringing. Wow. Ooh, this is so, this is such powerful stuff, Lisa. I can tell you've worked really hard on it, but I I mean, this is like mind blowing because I even think just, just to say, I have enough agency and enough uh, dignity to say, wait, no, there is a level 10 access to me. And not everybody gets that. And that's I, I, that's because God has like called me his daughter and I'm worthy. I think even getting there is so, so powerful. Oh, thank you for sharing and that. And it's not just our right to have a voice and to be able to communicate this. It's our responsibility. Mm, wow. Because we are not called to control other people, but we are called to remain self-controlled. So good. And boundaries are a way for us to remain self-controlled, sane, mm. and safe. Wow. So good, Lisa. Hey friends, does your church need resources in order to meet people in their pain and trauma? Okay, stop what you're doing for just a second if that's the case. I know you're probably multitasking, doing something else while you're listening to this podcast, but especially if you're a pastor or church leader listening, at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries, we are passionate about helping people heal. The only thing that we might be more passionate about is helping your church become an environment where people can heal, which is why we offer our Pain to Purpose course for churches. With the Pain to Purpose course for churches, you will get everything you need to facilitate a proven pathway to lead people through trauma and grief and get them back on mission. What you may or may not realize is that unaddressed trauma is holding back an overwhelming amount of people in your church and keeping them from fully walking in their purpose. And I know you want to unleash people on mission, but they can't because they haven't healed from their trauma. Now, the Pain to Purpose course gives your church body the tools it needs to identify and unpack trauma in a safe environment and apply sound scriptural principles to their pain for the purpose of moving through it. Now, imagine doing all of this within your spiritual community. What makes this course so unique is that Pain to Purpose offers a broader more holistic approach to addressing the common denominators of pain, no matter what the specifics may be. With the Pain to Purpose course, your church will have all the tools it needs to to start helping people in their journey from pain to purpose right now. If you're ready to see healing take place within the walls of your church, connect with us today and let us show you how the Pain to Purpose course may be the resource that you've been missing. You can learn more by visiting nothingiswasted.com slash churches. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash churches. Right there, you can learn more and you can sign up for one of our demo calls. I'd love to connect with you personally on one of those calls. People are hurting. and We as the church should be the first place that they can find the tools they need to move from pain to purpose. Let's have a conversation about how we can help your church do just that. Connect with us today nothingiswasted.com slash churches. Again, nothingiswasted.com slash churches to find out how. Um, you know, I I know you said a lot of this is born out of like the most pain you have ever walked through. And I'm thinking of all of our listeners are people who are walking through deep, deep pain and suffering, sorrow, loss, tragedy. Um. How has this, beginning to understand boundaries, where you weren't setting them, how has this begin, begun to, to bring healing and wholeness, you know, back to your soul? 
Well, I think I finally realized that it is not just good, but it is necessary for us to communicate inside of our relationships what we do have to give and what we don't have to give, what is acceptable and what's not acceptable, what we will tolerate and what we will not tolerate. And of course, always allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us about that so that we're growing and maturing and all of that. But I think for so long, I got caught in this situation of thinking, I can't take any more of this, Hmm. but I'm powerless to change it. So I felt so stuck, just so absolutely crippled in the harsh dynamics of a relationship that, you know, it was, it was, it had not just become difficult, it had become destructive. And wow, I almost died several times wow. in this whole process. Wow. And, um, you know, the body is, is going to tell the story of the emotional trauma that we've experienced because trauma is not just something that comes at you. It's something that happens in you. And I, um, I think understanding that boundaries are a good way to fight for the relationship so we don't have to spend so much time fighting against the unhealthy patterns, the dysfunctions in a relationship. And um, I think that's just been crucial. And really, if you think about it, boundaries are a way to communicate how this relationship can be healthy. Mm. And I'm careful not to say expectations because expectations have this sense of simmering resentments, like you better do this or else, right? (laughs) Right, right. Instead, I've learned it's good to bring, this is what I need and this is what I desire. Mm. And using boundaries, not let those desires turn into demands, Mm. but rather giving the other person the freedom to say, okay, here's a need that I have, and here's a need you have, and let's talk about this and draw some boundaries so that we can be respectful to seek each other's highest good. Love that. Oh, it's so beautiful. Um, You just said something I thought was so profound that at some point you realized your relationship was no longer difficult but destructive. I might have misquoted that, but something like that. For our listeners who may be asking themselves that question, like, am I in, has this moved beyond something that's simply difficult, but this is, this is destructive, this is dangerous. How, how do you begin to know? What are, what are some of the signs? Well, I wish I had a formula that we could plug in, you know? (laughs) That would be nice, wouldn't it? Relationships are so nuanced. There's so many factors that I just didn't think it was appropriate to, to give someone A, B, and yeah. C, if these things are present, then it's destructive. Yeah. So I'm not going to tell you what to think in this book, but I will tell you, I will give you a lot to think about. And so there are lists of self-reflection considerations mm. that I think we need to pay attention to. Yeah. One of those is where am I minimizing the best of who I am to cover up for the worst of who someone else is? Where am I refusing to acknowledge how harsh things really are behind closed doors? Mm. Where am I allowing unbiblical behaviors to continue because I am so afraid of what that person, that other person might do if I try to draw a healthy boundary? An unhealthy person has never met a boundary that they like. <laughs> yeah. People respect healthy boundaries. Yeah, that's good. And so I think it's important for us to go through, and, and in my book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, I have lists of these things to consider. Okay. And I think it's important to consider those things for ourselves, but also recognize that we we shouldn't go at this alone. We need to have other people with wise counsel speaking into our life. But here's the absolute necessity. We have to commit to telling the full story of mm. what's really happen, happening to those few trusted advisors. Maybe that's your counselor. Maybe that's a really wise mentor. Maybe that's a very trusted and wise friend. 
Um, maybe it's even, you know, like your women's ministry leader at church or your Bible study leader. But it is crucial that they want to know the full truth hmm. and that you're willing to give the full truth hmm. and that they have enough training to recognize and to help you recognize where the behaviors have gotten unsafe, unsustainable, or where there's an absolute lack of trust. Yeah. Trust is the oxygen of all human relationships. Where there's no trust, the relationship will not survive. Yeah. Wow. Um, I know some of this you probably do cover in the book. Again, the title is Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, Loving Others Without Losing the Best of Who You Are. Um, you know, for somebody listening who's like, Lisa, okay, I, I, I want to set some boundaries. I need to set some boundaries. How do I start? Like, how do I even recognize what's a good boundary? And I ha and then you have to say it, right? Like, you have to have a conversation. You have to set the boundary, not just assume the other person knows. Uh, what's What are some practical tips that you would offer if you could? Okay. So this doesn't always have to be hard and horrific. Now, some boundary conversations are going to be really challenging. And again, in my book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, I spent a lot of time giving people scripts because sometimes communicating a boundary is the hardest step. Yeah. And so I, I really took the time to think through some healthy ways to have healthy boundary conversations. But here's a couple of simple scripts. One is consider your capacity and consider that you, you cannot afford to go bankrupt in any capacity of your life. For example, we already know that we should not give full access to everyone to our bank account. Why? Because we have limited resources. Right. And because it's not because we're unkind or uncruel. It's because we're limited and we need to be responsible and be a faithful steward of what's been entrusted to us. Yeah. We need to be able to pay our bills and all of that. And if we have unlimited access to people who we don't know are going to be responsible with that access, then we run the risk of becoming bankrupt. We know this with our finances. Right. We forget it with so many other areas of our life. So true. And a logical way to think of it is what is my capacity? What is my capacity? I'm not unlimited. I am limited in my capacity. Mm -hmm. So let's say someone asks you to please um, head up the, the, the volunteer committee at your child's school this year. That's a wonderful thing to do. Yeah. And that is a perfect assignment to someone who has the capacity to do that. And when you look at your capacity, though, it's not realistic. So if someone asks you to do that and it's not realistic, then you can simply say, dear Sally, or whoever this person is, dear Sally, in an email, dear Sally, I so appreciate having the opportunity to serve at my child's school. And this opportunity, when I first heard of it, my heart went, yes, yes, yes. Mm. But the reality of my time makes this a no. I cannot give that. Now, here's what I can give mm. and I do have the capacity for. Yeah. Thank you for understanding. And so you see, that's not a terrible, awful thing. No, that's, that's even kind. I mean, that's even like polite and sweet. <laughs> yes. And, and at the same time, it's establishing that you will be respectful of your own limits. Yeah, I love that. And that's not just for you, but it's for the sake of the best of who you are, not becoming so frazzled and fractured and freaking out because yeah. you've overextended yourself, that, that now people are getting the worst version of you because you're just running mm, on fuel. Right. So that's why I chose the subtitle of Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, yeah. loving others well without losing the best of who you are. Yeah. We want to keep the best of who we are front and centered. So we have to acknowledge our capacity and draw boundaries around what we can and cannot give, what we will and will not tolerate. That's so good. I have I have a million more questions for you. I want to honor your time though, Lisa. I, I'm even just thinking of, you know, how do women begin to know, even men, how do we all begin to know what is the best version of ourselves? How do we know what boundaries? I'm sure you unpack a lot of this in your book, so I'm so excited to read it. But but let me ask you one more boundaries question, if you don't mind. Um, 
You know, I think sometimes the unhealthy version of people, uh, of boundaries, is that people will use them when they're not necessary. Like they don't want to dive into something that's hard or scary. And so they'll just say, I'm just going to set a boundary there. How do you discern before the Lord, before your community in this relationship, when is boundary time and when it's actually time to kind of lean in and do the difficult thing? Such a good question. And I really think that individually, we have to ask the Lord to always give us the discernment. And so, but here's something really important. Am I using this boundary to skirt some kind of responsibility that really is my responsibility? Because if I'm using this boundary and skirting a responsibility or even just just skirting consideration for my fellow people, then that's not appropriate. You know, like, for example, at the holidays, if, if someone says, I'm setting a boundary, I'm not helping do any of the dishes this year because after I eat, I'm just too exhausted. Yeah. Well, that's extremely inconsiderate and actually it's you demonstrating a lack of responsibility. Mm. And so that's not an appropriate boundary. Yeah. An appropriate boundary would be something more along the lines of, hey, why don't we put everybody's name in a hat and then list out things that need to be accomplished today and allow everyone to either draw out their name and attach it to a responsibility or have them sign up to be responsible so that the workload is demonstrated uh, or, or um, divvied or, up. Yeah. Divvied up across the board mm. in a fair way. And maybe the reason that that person was saying, I will not help with dishes is because maybe last year they got stuck doing everything Yeah, and other people weren't pulling their load. Right. Yeah. And so a better boundary thing is, Hey, this year, everybody is going to have an opportunity to help so that everybody can have the full enjoyment and the full responsibility of all Mm. the enjoyment that we're going to have. And so a boundary would be giving each people a responsibility and, um, and, and let it, giving them an opportunity to meet that responsibility Mm -hmm. so that all of the weight doesn't fall on that one person. Okay. That's so good. And so timely with Thanksgiving coming up, because I know there, I mean, that's a very real example when people get real frustrated about what they're carrying, what they're not carrying. So I love that. What a healthy way to What a healthy, practical way to think about boundaries. Lisa, you are one of our favorite people. We love that you just, uh, you know, you're so vulnerable and so real from your pain, and that's where our audience is. And so it means so much to us that you'd spend some time with us today. Where can our listeners connect with you? Where can they buy the book, pre-order the book, uh, and connect with all things Proverbs 31 and Lisa Turkhurst? Absolutely. Well, the book is available anywhere books are sold. If you order it through Proverbs 31 Ministries, you will actually get some bonus material in a limited number of copies that we did that just, it's just for a special version for people who order from Proverbs 31. So you can find that at Proverbs31.org. Or again, you can buy the regular version of the book anywhere books are sold. You can connect with me on social media at Lisa Turkhurst, and I'd love to meet you there. Thanks so much, Lisa. Thanks for being here with us today. Oh, it was such a joy. I absolutely treasured our time, so thank you. Well, I mean, Lisa Turker, spitting wisdom, brilliant woman of God, (laughs) so good, you know, and and I don't know how open she was about this, and we don't need to go into the details of her life, but I do think for, particularly for our leaders, you know, she, I, I have heard people give Proverbs 31 a bad rep because it's like, oh, the Proverbs 31 woman. But like, mm. one, read Proverbs 31 and realize yes. how like industrious uh, and powerhouse the Proverbs 31 woman is. The Proverbs is. 31 woman's pretty amazing. I'm yeah, she's amazing. She's and extremely Lisa Turkhurst is amazing. Yeah. But also like, remember, I think for our listeners that like, she has walked through a pretty public brutal divorce after trying really hard to stay yeah. faithful and love right. her husband. And so I right. think just know the wisdom she brings to the table is like hard won. And yeah. for those of you who are walking through or have walked through divorce, like God is using her powerfully and God's Absolutely. not done using you yet too. Absolutely. And I think that's a, that's been a, a, a huge lie in the church for far too long is that yeah. as soon as divorce happens in your marriage that now it's kind of like the scarlet a and you can no longer be used greatly by God. You can no longer be an instrument in ministry. Yeah. You can, no, you know, 
that somehow right. it's soiled your reputation. It's um, disqualified you, so to speak. Um, you know, that was, Christy talks about that honestly, where she thought that was her, mm. you know, so she's like serving in the back recesses of the church because she's just like, I, I mean, why would I be able to wow. as, a, as a divorcee? Wow. And, um, God has other plans. That's God right. God has other plans for that. That's right. And so, and I think it's really important for us to be um, sensitive to that, aware of that across the board in the church. Um, but I also think it's really important for us to be sensitive to someone who has had to walk through this publicly in the nature that Lisa has. That's right. Anytime you're trying to walk through something yourself, whether it's grief or whether it's, and you're trying to walk through it under the scrutiny of eyes from all over the world, can't be a, can't be an easy position. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So yeah. we appreciate you, Lisa. Thank you so yes. much. So grateful for you, Lisa. Friend of the pod. That's right. <laughs> Best friend of the pod. So Davey, her conversation around boundaries made me think of something that I wanted to kind of unpack with you. Yeah. You and I are both like Southern in our roots. That's right. And I, I wasn't aware of this until we talked about this a little bit off air that you were originally Oklahoma. Yep. Family from Texas, Mississippi. Yep. yep. I mean, that's Southern for sure. It is for sure Southern. And like they are Southern through and through. And so moving to the Midwest in Chicago, um, sometimes Kevin and I will have little conflicts over like, <laughs> I perceive uh, politeness as kindness. Yes. And he can perceive it as not having good boundaries, like speaking of boundaries. I, I would even say, and I'm, I'm resonating with you right now. I would even say that I wouldn't, I don't just perceive it. I equate politeness yeah. with kindness. So right? do like, I. This is how you are kind. This is the way you are kind. Yeah. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I, I agree with you on that. And if you're not that, <laughs> if you're candid, if you're, I interpret that as curt, cold. mean, cold. Same. Isn't I actually told Christy, I've had to untangle this a lot. When I first met yeah. her, I actually told her, I said, I don't usually trust people who are as direct as you. <laughs> Which, when, you when I think about that, I say it out loud. I'm like, that does not make a lick of sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make <laughs> That's sense. exactly what she said right. to me. She's like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I'm like, see, that was directing. That was mean. That hurt my heart. Right, right, right. It is so funny. And this, I think it relates to boundaries because sometimes when you grow up in Southern culture and you, politeness is such a value, it yep. can be hard to set boundaries. Very much so. At all. Yep. And then if you set them, it can be hard to set them well because you kind of do it in like a flowery. Yep. And I, it's, I don't know totally the answer to this or what the line is, but what, it got me thinking, Davey, I was speaking somewhere a few weeks ago and I was in like a, like a room where some other people who were a part of the event were. Mm. And I kept doing my Southern polite. Like I felt like I needed to host, <laughs> you know, it wasn't my event, but I needed to host and ask yep. people questions and check in. And other people didn't have that instinct. And yeah. I had a friend who was there with me and she kept texting me like, why are you doing this? We can, we can go, or we don't even have to like what. And that was just a weird, like, I was like, well, what, Somebody needs to. What I gotta right, step. Right. What I don't know regionally, even to think about boundaries and yeah. politeness, is kind yeah. of a funny conversation to have. I think it really is because you're right. I think it does um, hinder our ability to create boundaries. I have a lot of trouble saying no. Interesting. I have a lot of trouble saying no. Yeah. And it's been a muscle I've had to start to learn how to exercise. So I appreciate. You know, even what Lisa was sharing in the conversation uh, there, being able to, you know, here's a here's a way to say no. Yeah. Um, you know, because to me, I'll, I'll say no and then I'll retract it. It's like somehow <laughs> I talk myself out of it because I'm so. So true. You know what I mean? Because I'm so uh -huh. polite and I'm like, well, yep. maybe I can. I maybe oh, I can know. do this. Maybe I can't. Yeah. And I I do appreciate that she talks about saying no so that you can you know, give your best yeses elsewhere, right? right? And protect right. your own heart. And that's actually really a good, healthy thing. And I wonder how much of it is personality too, you know? Probably a lot of it. Like it's, there's probably, it's probably a couple of dynamics at play there. Especially when you talk about you and Kevin and your relationship and your dynamic, it's very similar to my dynamic with Christy. Yeah. You know, those of you guys who speak Enneagram, Kevin and Christy are both sevens. Right. Which just lends toward, I mean, sevens have no filter whatsoever. So <laughs> just lends toward candor. Yep. Which is such an amazing quality because they're able to say what's yes. on their mind, say what they it's think. It's so true. 
And, um, man, some of the, I'm like, I can't, I can't say what's on my mind. And I've actually, what's oh. interesting, Aubrey, is I've had to, so we've, as we've seen some like marriage coaching and marriage counseling and my, the, the counselor told me, Davey, you need to pause before you answer something from Christy or say something and ask the question, is this completely true? Like, uh. am I am I being candid or am I trying to soften this because I, you know, for whatever reason, right. I don't want to hurt her feelings or I don't want to, right. Even if it's altruistic, right. Right. I can beat around the bush about something. Oh man. Because, and that makes it very difficult in leadership. It makes it really difficult in relationships to set boundaries for me. So, so fascinating. I definitely do the same thing. And then I'm like, (laughs) Couching, like, and then, and then uh-huh. I think, uh, just to be honest, and then I sort of get mad at Kevin because I didn't say no. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. It's like I get resentful of him, but it's because I didn't set a good boundary. It's right. like my fault. Right. And so that's a, I mean, you know, there's so much to unpack in her, con- Lisa's conversation around yeah. boundaries, but just to know, like, to speak candidly. And right. clearly, and let your yeses be yeses and your noes be noes, which is a godly concept. Right, right. Is actually like really, really healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's the here's the other thing that I've found too. Um, I found it can be difficult to figure out where and how you set boundaries and if you set boundaries in certain types of relationships. No doubt, if there is, um, no doubt if there's a relationship that's toxic or a relationship yeah. that you know. Yeah is not healthy for, for you to be in or something that's not the right, the best yes, or all those kinds of things. It's important to set those boundaries. And at the same time, there are certain relationships in certain situations where they should be boundless. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard, that I always wonder, like, especially for the Christian, like when did Jesus set boundaries? When didn't he, when are we using boundaries to just be like, I don't want to deal with that person because they're annoying to me. Right. But they, we actually shouldn't draw those right. lines that we draw. Yeah. I don't want to diminish the boundaries conversation because that's important. It's an important yeah. conversation, but just like any yeah. conversation, you can find yourself on this pendulum swing where you get, you go too far into it. And I'm certainly yeah. not suggesting by any means that Lisa is no, or that anybody no. else is. Yeah. By no, no means. But I am saying I've experienced people who have used the word or the phrase, that's just my boundary mm. as an excuse not to be self-sacrificing. Yeah. Yeah. Not to love, not to or serve. Or not to love. Or yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, that's my boundary. It's a, It's similar to you know, uh, Carissa Sprinkle and I had this conversation, not on the podcast, I don't think it, but like Carissa's in our small group and we, she said something in our small group that has stuck with me similar to some people will use the word trigger yeah, to I was explain just something that, that is just, just uncomfortable, right? It's not actually yes. a trigger. It's just uncomfortable. Yeah. And there are times where we should be, we should be uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Yeah. Because it invites us into something. And then, you know, in this situation, there are, there are relationships and situations where, you know, like, I mean, I would say, I just, I struggle with this, right? I don't want to, I don't want to be so carte blanche with the whole thing where it's like, I'm just painting, you know, it's, I'm just kind of generalizing everything, but I read Ephesians five and Mm. for me as a husband, it is so convicting Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Yeah. Giving himself up for her. And I'm like, where in that phrase is... <laughs> Set healthy boundaries hey, with your spouse. I, here's my yeah. boundary. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I don't see it. Now, yeah. I do see Jesus setting boundaries in his life yeah. and his ministry. But yeah. you asked a really good question that I think all of us... I'm not trying to resolve anything for us right now. I actually am trying to stir something up for all of us that we should go and investigate and ask the questions, when did Jesus set boundaries and how and for what reason? And when did he lay his life down? And when did, when was it okay for him to be quote unquote, a doormat, right? Like yeah. put himself in a place to be right. susceptible to that. Right. right. Like, Cause there's definitely been situations where in my humanity, especially in like marriage, I've, felt the like rising up. I should say something. I should draw a hard line here. 
and the Holy Spirit's gone, no, that's yeah, yeah, that's, that's not loving like Christ. That's not right. loving. That's that's thinking of yourself only, right? Yeah. So I think I'm like, oh man, that's a it's an interesting. It's definitely uh, something to be aware of as we through. yeah, as we kind of think through the reality of of boundaries. Hey, we would love to invite you to go to our website, nothingiswasted.com, where we have all kinds of resources for you regarding your pain and your grief and when should you set boundaries and when shouldn't you. So we would love to invite you to go there, nothingiswasted.com, to find out all that we have available for you. We also want to thank Sleeping at Last for providing the music for the Nothing is Wasted podcast. We also want to invite you to follow us on the socials. You can follow us on the Instagram socials at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries at Davy Blackburn and at Obsamp. Aubrey, I'm actually starting a TikTok. You are not. I am. I'm, I'm excited for of, you. I'm gonna do a bunch of dances on the TikTok. It's time. No, I feel like the world all. needs to see your dance moves, Davy. The time has That's come not for happening that. Whatsoever. <laughs> however, however, our social media person, Nothing Is Wasted, said, "Hey, you're, you need to put preaching clips and podcast yep. clips up on TikTok and That's just a good let idea. it roll." Yeah. So I won't actually have TikTok, but they're going to do it. They're going to so, do it for you. I think that's the best way to do it. If I'm ever on TikTok, it's because somebody else is doing it for someone me. Someone else I'm is not, just doing it, right? Yeah. And maybe yeah. we can reach, you know, folks with the message of the gospel yeah, on TikTok, right. which I think we could. And we'd love to <laughs> invite you to follow us on TikTok. No, <laughs> uh, not yet. Um, be sure Soon. to re- <laughs> be sure if you're watching this on YouTube to review, subscribe, like, do all those things. We'd love to invite you to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for everything that you guys do as the Nothing Is Wasted community and you're tuning in yeah, and you're sharing right. this. We really appreciate it. And uh, we love hearing from you. We love hearing your stories, your feedback. I actually have a folder in my email that's called encouragement. And mm. anytime we receive any kind of encouraging email to hello at nothingiswasted.com, uh, they forward it over to me and I read it and I tuck it into that folder just in case there's a day. That's awesome. Where I'm like, I need to pull this out and read this. Yeah. So Aubrey, I need to, we need to make sure those get forwarded to you. I know. So I need that. that. I need that folder too. <laughs> I need that in my email. Well, next week we have another phenomenal guest, Marcy Gregg, who's, you know, pain to purpose story started at the age of 30. I don't want to tell you too much, but let's go ahead and take a listen to part of Davy's conversation with Marcy Gregg. Well, in 1990, I went to the hospital to have our third baby. We had two little boys. Everything was great. We were so excited to have a little, another baby. And when we got there, we had a little girl and it was Mm. awesome. Our family was done. We had three babies and life was good. But 36 hours after she was born, um, things turned. They called my husband in the middle of the night because I had, they'd found me in my hospital room standing in the bed screaming. Mm. Um, I was literally in agony with a, what I found out later, a terrible headache. Um, I had spiked a fever and they took me down and began to work on me and try to figure out what was going on. They had no idea. Mm. They called my husband and said, you need to get to the hospital. Marcy's not doing well. And when he heard them, he said, "Should I? What can I come in a little bit?" And they said, "No, you need to get here now. She's really sick." He got to the hospital, but by the time he got there, I was already in a coma. 